I'm in the studio with Jay Halim. And I'm in the studio with Jay Halim. 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 You are now in the studio with Jay Halim. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jay Halim, and we are back for another another amazing episode. And I know this is going to be an amazing episode. I love talking to this woman <laughs> off camera since I met her almost a year ago, and I'm happy to have her on camera right now. So you guys are going to definitely be blessed. This is definitely a person who lives by our acronym, Stand Tall and Reclaim Victory Every Day, and you'll see why I'm not going to steal her thunder. But thank you, Miss Danielle Raleigh, for coming on the show today. Well, thanks for inviting me. And the crowd has to. <laughs> we got to show you some love. But of course, of course, of course, um, we were talking off camera. And, you know, from the time we met, you know, um, on on the phone, talking to Zooms, just been so nice to me, really appreciate it. But I've learned a lot from you. One thing I learned is, you know, you're so diligent. You know, you're so diligent. I always watch, you know, your work ethic. And, um, you know, then you got a chance to work together briefly, but I'm just like, I was blown away and definitely continue to be inspired by your work ethic. But then I got a chance to learn a little bit more about you and your entrepreneurial journey. And it, it, it said, I said, I got to have her on the show. I got to definitely have her on the show. So again, thank you for taking the time out and we're going to dive right I'm into ready. it. Your career, you know, uh, at what point... Like, you know, in your career, in the beginning of your career, you were you, you probably working a job or something like that. When did you say, okay, well, I'm tired of this part. I want to go to the entrepreneurial place. Yeah. You know, um, after I came back to the U.S., I lived abroad for 10 years after college. And when I came back to the U.S., I had um, no job. I had no career prospects. I had no career path. Um, I didn't know where I fit in into the workspace um, and I was struggling, you know, um, I had a lot to offer. I knew that um, I had a lot to, a lot that I wanted to do and I had a lot to offer, but I didn't know how it would fit in. Um, you know, I applied for some jobs, but I just didn't fit um, anywhere and uh, I was highly specialized in what I did. So, um, you know, so I... I realized that being an entrepreneur, I can make my own opportunities that I, um, and I can show people what I can do. Um, you know, and I tried working as a consultant, helping people with my knowledge set and helping com big companies. Um, Qualcomm hired me as a consultant to come in. I gave them lots of great ideas, but they didn't implement it. So it was really frustrating um, to, um, you know, like they say, lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Right. Yeah. So, um, the change management was too complex for me. And I just said, you know what, I'm just going to do this myself. I can build software. Um, I can learn how to build software. I can't build it, but I can learn how to do it. I've learned other things in my life and I'm just going to make this happen. So, um, yeah, that's how it got started. So those 10 years overseas, what was that like? Yeah, I was uh, teaching business executives um, in, uh, I worked in South Korea for four years, and then I worked in um, Greece for a year and Germany for four and a half years, um, teaching at the company's uh, business communication skills. Wow. So that's amazing. I just literally interviewed a gentleman who's over in South Korea right now um, teaching English, but he's, yeah. a, he's an author now. He got um, 
He created books for people to um, know about Korea, South Korea, you know, Americans and people traveling, how to navigate different parts of South Korea. So it's kind of yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's what I did. That was, that was my life for four years. I lived there for four years doing that. See, but yeah, yeah that's, that's amazing. See, they, they, you meet so many different people doing this type of work. But, yeah, so you come back here. And, you know, they probably worship the ground you walked on over there. But you come back here and they're looking at you. Yeah. And they're looking at you like, (laughs) you know, one in a million type of thing. Yeah. Well, they didn't know how I would fit in because my my customer was, you know, Korean executives. And I was teaching business communication skills. So when I got here, of course, there are, you know, non-native English speaker executives here. But um, there are fewer, and it's much harder to break in. And I knew that um, I wanted to go bigger yeah. at this point. Um, instead of the one-to-one consulting, which is really, um, you know, frustrating. And people, you know, you, you line people up for a consulting for an hour, and then they, you know, they postpone or they cancel, and then you lose that money for that hour. And I said, okay, I'm just going to find a new gig here. I, I love that. I love that. And that's one of the things that I that drew me to you because you're t- straight to the point, you know, and teaching entrepreneurs and trying to teach them correctly anyway. You know, a lot of times when you do your own thing, a lot of people have the wrong reason for wanting to do it. They want to do it just because they don't want to be told what to do or they don't want to follow someone else's path, even though if their path, they see you have a longer runway. It's just an ego thing. But they're not good entrepreneurs because they don't, you know, have a guy idea of what their customer is or how big they want to go or anything like that. So when you jumped that, when you came here, you made that decision. Did you already know where you wanted to go, or did you have to, you know, have a little bit of a trial and error period? Um, trial and error period. Oh, I'm constantly having a trial and error period. <laughs> I mean, it's just a constant process. Um, did I know where? I knew that. Um, you know, I really appreciate you saying that I get direct and to the point. And I think that is one of my talents that I have. And that's why I thought that I could bring this into software. And I knew that I had special skills, you know, teaching these business communications because I was so um, successful um, that I knew that I had something that people really wanted. I just didn't know how to get it to them. Um, so if you had asked me, um, you know, and I even attended a, a seminar uh, for women, um, gosh, 19, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it was probably the year 2000. Okay. And it was, you know, there were like 60 women in the room and they said, raise your hand if you know what you want to do the rest of your life. And I was one of the one or two women in the entire room who raised their hand because I knew that I had a special skill and talent. But I just didn't know how it was going to show itself, right? So I didn't know. Um, but I took opportunities. I love technology. Um, and so I took an opportunity working in Germany for Berlitz Online and, and building online learning for them. Um, and so every time I saw, um, I saw an opportunity that would help me develop my, my grand vision, for my company, I would take it to learn, right? And so I learned at Berlitz how to, what are how to build software, how to work together with an engineer. And he was German guy, so I would speak in English, and he would speak to German back back to me, and we communicated and we built a product together. You know, he was a great guy, um, and um, he was excited to be working on a new project too. So it's you know it's 
um, I just kept taking pivoting. You know, if you've heard the word pivot before, <laughs> you have to like, you have to constantly talk to the customers. You have to look at the data, look at surveys and constantly change. I mean, what I'm doing today still has a, at its core business communication skills, but I've uh, recently signed a partnership with um, DISC providers. Do you know the DISC personality yeah. mm -hmm. assessments? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, one way you know, and I saw on your workshop on Saturday, I signed up for your workshop, by the way. Oh, so wow. I'm looking forward to your workshop on Saturday. And I see one of your topics is, um, uh, you know, um, knowing the customers and talking to the customers all the time and, um, uh, and partnering, yeah. you know, ha establishing those partnerships. Yeah, strategic partnerships. Mm -hmm. yeah, and so what I've done is, yeah, that's the fastest way to grow, you know? And so I've, um, I've recently signed a strategic partnership with a disc um, assessment reseller yeah. um, and who has their own resellers all across the world and um and so i'm going to uh you know i i only need to give them the sales tools that they need and then they already have their clients you know this is an extra revenue stream for them so yeah that's the, you know it's funny because we talk about this stuff and where you are now but during when you came back from um overseas and you're trying to figure it out at what point did you start having children yeah that that's a really good story too um so yeah, I, um, I was married, we came to San Diego with my husband, he was offered a job opportunity here. And, um, you know, I so before I had kids, I opened a language school here in San Diego. Wow. And, um, but I was having so much fun. Um, I was in such a good place mentally and physically and financially. Um, you know, and developing my idea and my vision for my language school using my curriculums that I had developed. Um, and uh, we were going through IVF treatments. Mm -hmm. And, um, and because I was in such a good place. Um, the funny, the crazy thing is, is that the week that we opened my doors, we opened the doors on the language school, I found out I was pregnant with my first son. Um, and he actually was born with challenges. He's autistic, but, um, I didn't know it at the time. I just knew he was difficult mm -hmm. <laughs> as a baby and I was struggling. And, um, so at this time when he was born, my company was only, you know, nine months old and I was still developing content. I was still, um, doing all the sales and marketing, still hiring trainers, um, still working really hard on my business. Um, I had help, you know, I had grandma's um, babysitting, but then, um, you know, and then uh, two months after he was born, I started feeling sick again and I, I was pregnant again. So oh, wow. my, ki my kids are 50 weeks apart. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, um, it's really close. Like I was holding one baby on my, um, pregnant belly, you know, there was sitting wow. one baby on my pregnant wow. belly. I call, and I call it buy one, get one free. Because <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So the, um, so when the second one was born, um, again, I was overwhelmed yeah. because they were so close together. I was doing too much with my business. Um, my first one had autism symptoms, but I didn't know what it was at that time. Mm -hmm. And I, um, 
So, you know, my husband just told me you have to shut down. And I said, you know, I'm even, you know, tearing up a little bit now because that was my passion project. That was my life vision. Um, And to shut down, you know, I I realized I was overwhelmed and couldn't do it, but it was really hard to shut down, you know. Um, But I didn't sell it because I knew I was onto something big and, um, you know, I was just getting started too so um yeah it's 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 amazing because again this is the part that people don't think about you know because it's hard as a mom to and just have one child and you had two in such close proximity and then be an entrepreneur at the same time because you know it's no fmla for you it's no you know vacation pays and the government protecting you family you know all you know you got to leave and all this other stuff you're still getting paychecks None of that comes to us as entrepreneurs. And so to a woman entrepreneur that's going through those challenges. And then you said um, your husband, I don't know, was he, he was working. He wasn't an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's correct. He had a really good full-time job. See, and that's the thing. They don't understand. It doesn't matter. You know, it's not about gender, but an entrepreneur can have a non-entrepreneur spouse and they literally don't get it. They like they yes. do not get it. You have a bug. You seem like the yeah. crazy person in the house. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. They're really yeah. looking at you like you're a weirdo. Like, what are you talking? Why are you even doing this? You know, you did this for three months, didn't make any money yet. Like, what's going on? Yeah. And so that had to be a struggle and a strain trying to explain that passion to your husband. Talk talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you're really nailing it with your questions. That's exactly right. So um at first um, he understood. He's also a business partner. You know, he's a partner in my business. Mm-hmm. Um, he owns one third of it. Um, it's a C core. He um, he did believe in the vision. He you know he gave me money at first. Um, you know he supported it. Um, but then after some time, you're right. He he um, like got frustrated with me not making money and not bringing my uh, money into the family. Although he didn't appreciate how overwhelmed I was with the two boys, um, um, you know, he tried, but, um, you know, all of it was, was too much. Um, And um, yeah, so eventually I realized that, you know, handling my kids, I had to do it better by myself without him. He was like an extra weight. Yeah. um, Every time I tried to do something and then, um, so my kids actually grew up without him, even though we were married, I, I did almost nothing with him because it was just easier for me to get things done without him. And I also learned um, to not ask him advice, business wow. advice, because he would criticize me. You're preaching he right now. He would call me dumb. Yeah, he started, yeah. and then he started preaching as well. So first he would yell at me and say I was stupid, even though I had the same college degrees as he did. Um, you know, it's just that my path went a different way. And, um, and then he started preaching after a while, you know, I don't know which was worse yelling at me and, and calling me stupid or, you know, preaching to me when I knew that I had been a successful person before I'd gotten married. So I knew, you know, I'd paid off all my debts. I had been working overseas. I had, you know, had a successful career before I'd met him and gotten married. So um, I, I had to keep that in mind um, as he was being negative towards me that I am, I am a really successful person. It's just, yeah. he's 
he's holding me back at this point. It's, it's you know, and that's that's a crazy scenario because a lot of people are dealing with this right now. Um, it can be vice versa. It can be the man that's in the in business or you know or the woman. But a lot of people are dealing with this right now, and that's a huge dilemma. Because you made vows and you saying and you really do love a person because it doesn't have anything to do with love. It's practicality. You know, you yeah. your path is different. You're still two separate individuals. And it yeah. has to kind of be some a level of respect there for the path. And then, you know, um, and it takes a level of vision as well. You know, to be yeah. able to say, and I t- I try to teach this to individuals, like when you are with someone and someone who has a vision, because a lot of people that have jobs don't really have visions. So when you have an entrepreneur has a vision, you have to find yourself in the vision. And if they don't see themselves in that vision, it's going to always be chaos because they don't see how they benefit, how they fit. It's just, I'm helping you out. But mm-hmm. as you can, if you can look and put yourself and plant themselves in the vision, say, okay, well, in 10 years, I'll be able to leave this job. You know, now yeah. that might have a different level of motivation, but everybody's so short-sighted. And so I, I'm glad that you were able to share that portion because somebody needed to hear that because they're laying next to somebody who, you know, might love them, but they just don't get it. They don't understand and they don't know how to deal with them. And on the flip side, the other person who's doing all of the preaching and all of the, you know, criticizing needs to hear like they don't need to hear that. Like, let's try to help with solutions or step away. Step away, because uh, I can't come on your job and criticize you for not turning in your your progress reports and things that you need to do in your job. So you can't just yeah. step into my business and do the same thing. Whatever you do at work, I never know about unless you decide to tell me, you know, yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's a special place to be in. So and then you're a woman. You're a woman. So you're, you're a super you have to be superwoman, especially when you have kids. So how how do your boys look at you now? Because I know they're teenagers now. So how do they look at you now? You know, seeing because they they the kids grow up with you, and they don't yeah. forget anything. You know, so how, how do they do? Are they proud now? Do they tell you that they're proud of you? Um. Well, they're only you know fourteen and fifteen now. Um. You know that was the, one of the major determiners for me to actually get a divorce is because of how my boys see that relationship between my ex and me. Um, I think that they see me as being a very um, determined person. (laughs) You know, I haven't given up on my company. I keep working and and keep uh, trying new things for 10 years. Um, They see me as, um, you know, visionary, hard worker, um, you know, and I hope that they also see me as, um, you know, a successful person, I want them to see me win and sell my company for millions of dollars, you know, so um, yeah, well, my old, my youngest son definitely is an entrepreneur, he wants to be an entrepreneur, and he has seen my struggles. And he's a great at being coached. So he loves being coached, and he listens to it. And he, and I can, so I can tell that he has all the like characteristics for success, like, he wants to be an entrepreneur. He's and he's listening to everything I tell him, you know, because I have a lot of learnings now. Um, and, you know, he's working really hard as, as well. And he's still an eighth grader, um, um, but he's a competitive athlete. And he sees that how I've struggled, I think, financially. Mm-hmm. And um, so he definitely wants to be rich, you know. So and I think that 
I think that if I had been successful from the beginning, you know, uh, you know, if we, if I had just gotten a corporate job and just, you know, given him everything he needed or wanted, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have that drive. Yeah. That fight. That he, he, yeah. 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 He's definitely got that fight. Definitely. That's, it's important because they, you have sayings, they say, you know, you have, um, dad didn't have a car, then his son, um, got a car, then this son had a decent car, then this son has a Mercedes, and this son has a jet, then the next son after that will have no, back to no car. You know, because <laughs> yeah. each generation, they'll make it too easy on the next generation. So um, we got to figure out a way to how to keep the cars and keep the jets you know, on the way up. But yeah. kids do need to see that grit because I do believe that they do what we do, not what we say. And they get a chance to, they're a lot smarter than we are. You know, um, a lot of information is at their fingertips that we would have had to, you know, I talk about COVID right now. I say that wasn't built for us because we would have died, you know, (laughs) these kids were able to take these computers and tablets and do amazing things during this time. So um, it, it was, it was for them. So if we didn't do our part before they, you know, some kids didn't have computers, or didn't have those things. So we did what we need to do to put the, the proper tools in their hands. They just take to it like, you know, a fish to water. So you're doing what you're supposed to do. And, again, I, um, let me publicly commend you on that because I know, what it's, I know what it's like. I grew up around a lot of single parents. Um, you know, my grandmother raised me. She raised all her children. And then I'm her first grandchild. She raised 10 of us. So she has eight <laughs> children, and then she raised 10 of her grandchildren, full custody, everything, and so wow. I understand totally wow. <laughs> what that looks like, but also again understand that fight because mm-hmm. I still don't. I put in my first book. I said I don't know how she did it, how she fed fifteen people in a house <laughs> every night, but you know we we never went hungry. So uh, kudos to her. But she, yeah. I just imagine if she was an entrepreneur, <laughs> that would have drove her <laughs> insane. Yeah. So how we met wow. was through training, right? And so, again, I, I, I definitely told you I, I appreciate your style of training. Um, just, just how you show up. You know, you show up attentive, ready. You know, um, you're straightforward. What, what's the, the catalyst for that? Yeah, you know, um, I love seeing people succeed. Um, so I love people. I love each individual. Um, and I learned a long time ago, I had a mentor a long time ago that I worked with, who was an, another trainer. And he said, he said, you know, you'll be successful if, if you help people succeed. I agree. Um, and that was the first time I'd ever heard that. And I, it's kind of been my mission ever since then, you know, use your passions and talents to help other people succeed and you'll succeed, you know, take the high road, you know um and help other people and i was also born into a family of educators um and so it came naturally to to me as well so you know my grandfather was a principal my grandmother was an elementary school teacher and um even at her funeral some of her elementary students you know who were in their 50s themselves came to her funeral so yeah, so that's the impact that trainers have on people and teachers have on people. That, yeah. that, that speaks volumes for her. I mean, you know, we all have somebody, especially in our generations, you know, I don't know about these, these kids would be trying to forget their teachers now. 
you know. No, I think it's the same. It's oh, okay. The same, you know? There's always one or two teachers yeah. that you feel. Yeah, I, I know I definitely have a few who, I, you know, I think I saw my eighth grade teacher maybe about seven, eight years ago um, out of nowhere. And this woman used to come to my basketball games, like all of them oh. around the city and stuff like that. So wow. she was super cool. So I always tell my, oh. tell my kids about her. Um, Miss Chambers. So shout out to you, Miss Chambers, if you ever get a chance to hear this. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but yeah I, I was impressed because, again, I've been training for a while now. And, you know, everybody was just always about, okay, this is what we got to do now. It's over. And I never got that out of you. You know, it was just like, hey, if you need to reach out, you know, let me know. Uh, do you need to get on the Zoom? Let me know. And I'm like, wow, that's, you know, where did that come from? <laughs> you know, because everybody's just about the job. And the job really never stops if you, but that's entrepreneurial quality. We know that, you know, just because we sold the product, now you still got to make sure that everybody enjoyed the product. And if they will come back and get the product again, and will they tell someone else about the product? Like, it's never ending after you get the transaction. And, you know, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And so I don't know why trainers, do you have an idea why trainers feel like, okay, once the class is over, or once you've done what you, what you signed up to do, that, you know, all right, I don't have to do anything else after that? Well, I feel like a lot of training is not really aligned to people's goals. It's, mm. There's a lot of mandatory training out there, um, compliance training, and nobody likes it. <laughs> you know, um, the trainers don't like it. But in my work, I've always been blessed to help people. You know, like I, you know, I constantly get feedback from people that, Danielle, that's a really good idea. I'm going to do that, you know. And so it's really exciting to me. Um, I get that feedback all the time that Danielle, you made the biggest impact and um, on me and you really helped me think big and all of that, you know, the typical trainers, um, you know, I think, yeah, they don't get into the shoes of their customers. You know, there's their learners are customers. Like you said, you want them to come back. And, um, you know, I was selling training in Europe and Asia. So every, every business executive that I taught, paid me a lot of money yeah. uh, for every hour. And so I learned to be very effective and very customer oriented. That's another thing that I learned. I was really fortunate to have that, have that. So it carries over, you know, it's always customer first. It's always do your best to help yeah. everybody succeed, you know, for me now um, because of that. Now you run into your, your educator and teaching entrepreneurs. Do you find that people are, um, overly putting their passion over their specific skill set nowadays? Um, yeah, you got to, you have to keep it. And I'm guilty of this as well. Like, um, you know, I, I, when I, once I start developing the product, I keep developing the product, keep developing more features, keep doing this and this and this. And I, you know, I even have IP, I even have a patent. It, and, but it's not selling what I, what I got the IP for, you know, I applied for the patent. Um, is not what people actually want from the product. So you really need to keep talking to the customer and find out how you can solve their problems yeah. because, um, and don't do more than that, you know? Um, so just focus on your customer needs and, you know, keep it simple. This is also some advice that I had, you know, um, from Silicon Valley when there's, um, I had a, a software developer who worked with startups in Silicon Valley. And he said, you know, the, the what they do with the philosophy is you just start out with something small just one one thing just try to solve one little problem and do it really well 
um, and then, um, you know, get some traction, get some customers, and then you can start developing more and more products and services, but just focus on one thing that you do best, you know, yeah. and that meets a customer need. You know, we call that product market fit. Um, so that you, your product meets a market and there's a large enough market. I know you're going to talk about that too on Saturday, that mm. there's a big enough demand for what you're doing, that it makes sense to put in the uh, time and money and effort into it. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, I see, I'm starting to see now is that, you know, again, with social media, everybody, everybody's an entrepreneur now, you know, um, I think they're just self-employed, but you know, everybody's an entrepreneur, and they, it's like, oh, well, I made the best cookies in the world. And the only people told you that was the people at your church or your family. <laughs> and so now you hit the market and then you leave the job because, you know, you, you're following your passion because a hundred different motivational speakers told you to follow your passion. And I started describing it. I said, listen, your passion is something, it's like your insurance card and your, and, and your, or your registration. You don't pull it out all the time, but when it's time for you to pull it out, you pull it because again, the definition of passion is a under, is an uncontrollable you know emotion, and you can't follow that. You can bring that with you, but you can't follow that. You know, just like love. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. love can make you do crazy things, but discipline makes you do what you're supposed to do. And so, point. if they're not, if then if if the people are not buying your the, what you have. Um, passion and love would tell you they're hating on me or they're not. No, you're not doing something right. So, or yeah. maybe until you figure that part out, you might need a job, you know, <laughs> yeah. for yeah. now, you know, and, and I, that's part of my, my training because I, um, I just believe that we don't, it don't have to be that hard. It doesn't have to be that hard. You know, I think that when you somebody get a job, if you get the right job, it, it should train you. You know, the money will come as you get better at your job. The more money will come um, with the promotion. The money will come. But make sure it's the right job and it's training you to do what you want to do. Do you see that individuals just throwing out the baby with the bathwater and saying, hey, I'm good at frying chicken, so I'm doing this and that's it because this is my passion? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, you're right on everything. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's just nuts. You got to control your passion and pull it out when you need it, like you said. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just been a it's it's nuts around here with, with with the entrepreneurship thing. I just remember in college, um, trying to be an entrepreneur, and everybody was telling me I was crazy. So then you go years later, <laughs> twenty years later, and everybody's talking about yeah, entrepreneur, entrepreneur. Forget college. I'm like, <laughs> where were you guys when I was trying to do? <laughs> yeah, you know. So I was I was a weirdo when they were looking at me saying that stuff. So you, you have something um, amazing. You have an app that you created. Let's talk yeah. about your, this is your baby. This is your third baby. So yeah. <laughs> let's yeah, talk yeah, about baby right? number three. Yeah. Well, she's, uh, I call her she, she, she's been around, you know, it's a software app. So uh, the name is BizProfi and BizProfi accelerates global business with our workplace communication skills learning platform. So in layman's terms, biz profi. <laughs> <laughs> so we help companies um, uh, give uh, business communication skills to their global global okay. employees, right? So we provide, and it's all in an app. Um, 
And it combines business skills with language skills, with communication skills, and now disc skills. So we're okay. adding in the disc into the mix. So, um, yeah. And what part of your research made you feel like you needed to add the disc portion to it? That's also an excellent question. Um, uh, um, I think because in my last full-time job, like you said, sometimes you have to have full-time jobs while your passion play is um, on the back burner. And my full-time job, she brought in a disc ass um, assessment, mm -hmm. um, had all of us do a disc assessment. And um, then she paid the woman to talk to us about what they mean, what this assessment means. And then I raised my hand and I said, but how do I apply this on the job? And she said, I'll talk to you. Good question, Danielle. I'll talk to you after the class. And so basically she said, there's no really tool to help people apply DISC um, on the job. And I said, well, you know, you're teaching some really good communication skills, understanding people's personalities and mm -hmm. how to talk to them. Like you said, I'm a D, I'm direct. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm the D in DISC because the uh -huh. Ds are direct, if you remember um and uh i'm very direct and uh so i work well with um, some people and i don't work so well with others and it depends on who you're talking to you know if you come up with an i you don't want to talk so direct you know so are you a high um, b be, and what was your low number what was your low letter <laughs> um it was it um s probably s okay s is in sam yeah but you know i also realized that it changes depending on your um what you're concentrating on when you take the assessment. Yeah. 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 I, I found that out myself. I'm a, I'm a high, I low D. So basically I'm a people oh, okay. person, but you can't take advantage of me. Okay. <laughs> so that's, that's what I, yeah, I'll be, I was a high I and the low D. So, um, and yeah, it, it, it's, it's definitely very effective, but the problem, a lot of times people don't have that explanation behind it or, actually being able to say, okay, how do you do this for this specific? Cause it changes for each organization, you know, yes. change for each organization, each organization and each role, each job role, yeah. each. So that's what I developed a long time ago, Jamar, which is um, be focused on the situation and what the goal is of that person in that situation. Mm -hmm. Because I had a customer a long time ago say to me, Danielle, this is in Germany. He said to me, um, well, it was two guys. Danielle, um, we're going to present our products at a trade show, in a trade show booth. I have a trade show booth, but I don't know how to present my products in English. Can you help me get prepared? And so that, as you can imagine, was one of my first lessons that I developed is yeah. how to present at a trade show booth. You know, And I thought about what's your goal? Your goal is to get leads. And how do you get leads? You know, what's the correct language to use? How do you make them interested? Um, and so, yeah, I've um, uh, developed along the way, um, you know, this situation-based approach um, to helping people succeed um, in, in their work. Yeah. And and so with, with that, I know um, I noticed that a lot of the things you, you threw in there, the things that you've experienced in your um, career. So, the, the international piece and things of that nature. Do you still see that as a gap um, that need to be filled? Um, the communication skills? Yeah, the communication skills between with, with people working overseas or, or um, just trying to do business overseas. Yeah. So English is the language of international business. Mm -hmm. um, so when Yazunori, who works for a company in Tokyo, um, wants to sell his product to a Dutch buyer, 
um, he has to use English. Yeah. Right. And so, and there are millions of these conversations every day. Um, but Yasunori's level of English is not that high, right? He studied English grammar, but he didn't. It takes a very sophisticated level of English to persuade someone <laughs> to buy yes. your product, yes. right? Even for native speakers. And so, um, you know, so I combine the best of um, business skills training, like how do you sell a product? I took the native speaker training and then I added um, you know, some soft skills. And then I also added the language skills. So here's a question of uh, how to find out their needs, ask this open-ended question. I gave them the questions to ask yeah. and I never saw anybody doing all of that. And so, um, yeah, so it just, I've been, when you said, how did I come across this opportunity? I've just been open, you know, I've always had the clear vision of what my bills, abilities and skills were, but then I, I always kept my ear open for new opportunities. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and then I would get excited about a new opportunity. I was like, okay, disc might be a good opportunity. Nobody's applying this. And then I realized, well, there are lots of resellers. It's very much of a, um, you know, one person um, you know, in Singapore has many corporate clients. So I don't have to sell to each individual client, uh, each individual customer company, this, and this person already has all those relationships built and she's looking for, I also thought about what's her need as a reseller. Her need as a reseller is okay. Once she sells an assessment, which is one time product. Yeah she's got nothing else to sell, right? So she might sell the assessment for a thousand dollars. Um, and how, you know, and then it comes with some really fancy explanations and all of that, but then, um, she's got nothing to sell after that. So yeah. with my app, I'm giving her, um, a annual, so she'll sell an annual subscription. Mm -hmm. She'll sell that to, and there's nothing for her to do except sell it because I'm doing all the technology part of it. And I'm giving her even the sales tools if she wants my sales tools to, um, you know, uh, and it, it has several advantages. So it's always really important to think about the value proposition mm -hmm. for your, for your customer. Like what is truly the value proposition? Yeah. What are they? So for my target customer, it's not the end user learner. It's the reseller, right? It's so that's my end customer. And, and her value prop is that she wants to have more products to sell. Yeah. Once um, she has that customer, another one is that um, she wants to keep her brand top of mind throughout the whole year. Yeah. Um, and this is an annual subscription and people are going to be using it. And so they're going to see her brand. I can easily put her logo into my software, you know, it's a one second thing. And then, um, you know, third, it's, um, you know, she can sell more products. So if she keeps her brand on top of mind, they'll come back to her for more live training um, and maybe more assessments throughout the year. So um, it's all, it's all, it's a strong value prop for the resellers. Okay. So have you tested um, your product out on some of the people, some of your, um, the um, target market? Yeah. So like I said, I'm working with a, with a disc um, assessment company and reseller and she's, and they certify these disc providers um, around the world. And they're actually based in Southeast Asia. So oh, wow. it's like, yeah, my perfect target market. Yeah. <laughs> and I talk to her once a week. So, um, 
she's given me the names of the clients that she's going to introduce me to. So right now we're in the product development stage. You know, I can't get stuck in this again. Um, uh, developing the the disc content specifically um, for my app. And then we found that we work really well together. Like I gave her a little sample of how to write. And then I gave her um, the tool to write the, write the questions in and she used it perfectly. Um, she, you know, it's, it's slow, um, but I'm paying her per hour for writing the content. And then I'm also paying her uh, commission for each one. So she's each one that she helps to sell. So she's, she can't wait to resell it to her um, resellers. Right. We got to keep an eye on you because you might sneak the Southeast Asia on us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I lived there for a long time. Like, you know, there's great opportunity everywhere in the world, you know? Wow. Wow. I, I mean, I love it. And, you know, again, thinking on another level because I, I get over everybody with the restaurant or just the typical businesses. I love to see where you're taking it to another level. And, you know, this is just, just having those type of conversations takes you to another level. So I, I love having that interaction. How's tech been for you as a woman, <laughs> you know, and everybody wants to be in tech now, um, some way, shape, form, or fashion. How has tech been treating you? How's the tech community been treating you? You know, you know, it's so strange. You hear a lot of a lot of things about bias, but actually it's all been good for me. Um, so we live in an environment right now where people are trying to encourage minorities in tech, you know, yeah. and there are more recesses, resources than ever before. I mean, really, you know, the, the company that I was working for founders first capital partners, um, you know, they, they have $7 million in resources and a hundred million dollar fund. So, um, uh, it's just difficult to get to, but, um, they have it. And yeah. so, there are more resources than ever. You know, um, my ex-husband, well, I did marry him for a reason, right? So one of the <laughs> valuable things that he taught me when I first started in the tech world was, um, you know, and I said, how do I be a woman, you know, in the tech world? I just didn't know how to do it. And he said to me, because he had already been working in corporate life for quite a while. And he says, use your femininity mm. um, and don't downplay it. And, you know, and, and so I'm, um, it really empowered me. When he I thought he was that. a bad guy. He's, he, 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 he has some great advice. <laughs> no one's all bad and no one's no, all bad. You know, you gotta take the best <laughs> from everybody. Uh, I'm still, actually, I'm better friends with him now than I ever have been. So I think that's a great um, advice though. I think it's great advice because again, um, it's one thing, you know, I used to play sports when I was younger, um, and one thing I didn't like about women's basketball that I do love now is that I see women. I don't see potential guy, women who wants to want, probably want to be like guys. You know, I, I see women. Like when I, I literally awesome. go there and I see women, like, yes, you got on shorts and you're playing basketball, but when they when they get dressed, I see a young lady coming out there. I can see. That's awesome. And, and be that. Be that you yeah. don't have to be, you know, um, cursing nobody out. I mean, curse, but curse like a woman, yeah. you know, you yeah, have to yeah. make your voice butch and all this other stuff to seem like, you know, you, you're one of us. Just be yeah. who you are. You know, if, if you're sick of this yeah. shit, you're sick of this shit. But say it like you say it, you know, and yeah. just be yourself. And I, you, I love that. 
Yeah, well, it, it, there's two things I want to say. So first of all, it helped that I was raised with a brother who I was really close with. Mm -hmm. And so we did everything together. So I feel comfortable around men. You know, mm -hmm. I don't feel that sexual tension that I think some women feel. Um, I, I feel comfortable like a brother, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, um, and so that has helped me uh being all around men i always have felt comfortable being around all men because i often come into a room and i'm the only woman and i use that to my advantage <laughs> you know i just smile a lot you know and a person to really you really need when you're learning to be an entrepreneur you really got to look for mentors and people who are doing things right um you know i was looking to jeff bezos for um for learnings and then i realized what a bad guy he is with his labor practices um, but look at Dolly Parton. Um, she is highly successful, right? A songwriter, singer, businesswoman. Um, she is extremely successful, but yet she is the most um, down. To, and look how feminine she is. Yeah. She's super feminine. Um, but she's the most down to earth. She knows and she had to make it in a man's world, right? This is mm -hmm. country Western music in the 60s, <laughs> 70s. She had to make it in a man's world, like a really, you know, um, alpha alpha man's world. Yes. And, and she did. And she did it beautifully. And she did it her way. But look at how she did it. She, she jokes a lot. And she makes a lot of jokes about herself. She doesn't laugh at other people um she'll talk about her wigs she'll say oh you know this wig costs so much money and she'll just laugh about it mm -hmm. and she charms you with her wig with her wit right and mm -hmm. so that's you know but you can't go too far you know you just charm them um and but i have been in situations where i felt a little bit of sexual pressure but um you know like one time i was asked to go to um uh, have drink with, uh, with a mentor. And, um, I had my husband go and I had my husband sit at a table over there, you know, and, and I said, actually, you know, and I sat there with the guy, I said, you know, um, uh, I want to bring in my business partner. And I said, Oh, he actually happens to be my husband. So we brought him over to the table that way. Um, so if there was ever a time that I felt uncomfortable, I would um, have a backup plan, you know, or don't meet them. Uh, one thing, uh, another thing I learned is also try to meet them in the office, in their office. It's the best place, yeah. it's the safest place. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's an amazing scenario, but I know that women in the world right now are, you guys are doing a phenomenal job. I'm not going to be the one to uh, take the credit away. Like I said, before I relocated to the West Coast, I lived in um, a small city in South Carolina. And um, I just, every time the women would have their own business conferences and everything like that, and it'd be like, never a man's conference. And I'm like, we can't complain about them. They're literally getting together and doing something. So, <laughs> you know, what, what are we doing? I mean, they were my best clients. Um, at the time on my come up, I was taking photos. So men don't spend money on photos. <laughs> so... You know, I mean, female yeah. law, law firms that I've I've um, shot once in the blue moon, even if it's a big law firm, it'd be a woman who booked me. So um, hmm. it, it was just one of those things. Uh, you know, I shot one of the biggest law firms in the southeast, but it was I was booked by a woman <laughs> to shoot okay. it. You know, so it's like, hey, I, I'm not worried about you guys because they're doing real business. And we're still trying to, you know, have those little fights who, you know, testosterone fits and things of that <laughs> nature. And I, I'm kind of over that. Yeah. 
you know, um, but I know that yeah. it's it, every business venture has its struggles, but um, I know just being in tech is just a special, you know, um, hill to climb. And yeah. I know that you're it's climbing. It's a lot it. to learn. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot to learn. So not only did I have to learn all the business part of running, you know, having a C-Corps, being, you know, a CEO of a C-Corps and all of the, the restrictions and all of the legal, legalities of it, but I also have to develop software. My product is the fourth product that I've developed. I mean, I've had to redo the code four times and I've worked with six, seven different development companies, software development companies. So I've had to, um, and but finally I had to trust my instincts. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned a lot. Um, for example, one time, um, you know, I hired this company, they were referred to me by one of my business partners, my investor business partner and Mark, and he, um, we hired this company in up in Canada and uh, to develop the software. And they just kept writing code, writing code, writing code. And I got nothing, 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 nothing. I kept paying the bills and I kept seeing nothing. And they were saying, oh, it's all in the back end. It's all in the back end. You can't see anything. And I'm like, well, <laughs> so one night in the middle of the night at 3 a.m., I woke up, you know, frightened. And I emailed them at three o'clock in the morning. And I said, just stop what you're doing. Um, send me a list of everything, all the assets you have. And um, we're going to have an emergency meeting with my um, board in the morning to figure out what to do. And they sent me the updated. So it was all gut instinct. It was a, a feeling I had. They sent me a list of um the invoice of all of the people that have been working on the code and typing in code. And there were so many people and they were all junior coders. So what's happened is that um, they were all learning. So they were all spending a lot of time learning on your dime and learning (laughs) on my dime and nothing was getting done. Um, And, um, and so I showed it to Mark, who's a very seasoned entrepreneur, and he sold his last company for $150 million. And now he's got another company that he's looking to sell for $250 million. I mean, he's just and he's my business partner, I meet him once a month, he, um, he, he looked at the invoice. And he said, Yeah, you've got too many people working on this code, you were right, this is way over overspent. And I, I spent $30,000 on wow. this team, and had nothing, you know, I have the code, it's still on my servers, but um, can't do anything it with didn't it. get you where you needed to be. And, nope. and but people need to hear that. So um, they understand the path, because again, um, we have to combat all of the negative information on social media about entrepreneurship. Now it comes across as positive, like, you know, they show the yacht and the, and the, you know, the Rolls yeah. Royce and the Rolex watches and everything else and the stacks of money, um, fake or no fake, but it's just like nobody ever tells you the whole story. And this is why I created starve talk, you know, um, the acronym stand tall and reclaim victory every day. Because if you decide to go through this life as an entrepreneur, you will have to stand tall and reclaim victory every day. Everybody's going to have to do it in their own way, but it will be a fight every day. It will be a task that you have have to overcome every day. So if you would tell me a little bit about what you think about that acronym, stand tall and reclaim victory every day and what that means to you. Yeah, you have to stand tall means that... um 
to me, that means I, I need to keep confidence in myself that what I'm doing will help people. Um, and, um, you know, and that I'm doing really a lot of good and it's going to going to be good. So that gives me that helps me get up in the morning and keeps me standing tall and um, speaking confidently. Um, and reclaim victory every day is, is just as you say. So every day I have to, there's a new struggle. You should see what I have to do today. It's crazy <laughs> what I have to get done today. Like, um, and, you know, um, they're big wins. Like I have to design the new product today, you know. So um, that's hard, hard work every day. But um, I, I set manageable goals that yeah. I know that I can achieve for myself. Um, and um, I know how to manage myself, give myself breaks, eat chocolate, but, <laughs> but um, whatever I need to take. Um, so I set these small goals that, so that I can have those victories every day, those small victories yeah. every day. Yeah. I love that because I try to teach people the, the small wins are everything. We're always waiting on the small win. I mean, the big wins. And, you know, I used to, I moved from New Jersey to South Carolina to go to college um, when I first left home. And I would drive home. It was a 12-hour ride. I would drive home all the time. And I always use that as an example to people. It's like, you know, you think about the 12-hour ride, and you're like, oh, my God, do I want to get on the road? But then, you know, once you're two hours in, you start to see that you're, you know, you're out of South Carolina and you're in North Carolina, and you see you're going. And then I used to get so excited as soon as I hit the New Jersey Turnpike. You know, even though I knew I had another hour and a half, two hours before I got home, it's just like another level of energy. And that's because we were actually Mm -hmm. present during the drive. We were actually Mm -hmm. paying attention to your progress. And so in your business, it got to be the same way. It's like we complaining because we're not at the end of this person's journey where you're seeing. But you try to think about your own journey. You're not where you started. You know, you're not nowhere near where you started. You know, you've gotten a lot of knowledge. You probably already helped some other people. You've met some new people. You've learned some things on your own. And now you're closer than you ever were before. And, and you know, um, the the people that was built, going out for gold years ago, a couple hundred years ago, a lot of uh, more than more than a lot of them stopped before they reached it. You know, they were right there. Then somebody else came in and just got all of, of their hard work. So. Start celebrating your small wins. And I appreciate that you said that and that you do um, celebrate those wins. So what's next for a business profi? What's what's the next phases and, you know, how can people help you and support you with what you're trying to do? I know you're doing business all over the world. But yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking for disc resellers. So if you know a disc uh, reseller or someone who provides those disc assessments, I can help them sell more. Um, and, um, so it's a win-win for everybody and, um, yeah, reach out to me if you need anything, you know, I have a lot more advice, a lot more things that I've learned along the way. I've made a lot, tons of mistakes. So I've got a lot of, a lot, tons of advice to give. Um, so reach out if you need anything. So, um, I'll give you my contact info. Yeah. Um, let us know your social media. Are you on, um, like Instagram or Facebook? Um, I'm not, um, I know you're on LinkedIn. So that- Daniel yeah, Raleigh. LinkedIn is the best platform. Yeah, LinkedIn is the best platform. I think it is. I think it is too, uh, especially for people who's doing real business. Um, but yeah, so definitely have her on there. But she's probably not going to accept everybody's friend requests. <laughs> but do some business. Yeah, <laughs> do some real business, and you know, uh, serious inquiries only. 
But no, I really, really appreciate what you're doing. As I told you off camera, told you from the time we met, um, just appreciate the interactions. I want to keep that going. Um, and I definitely thank you again for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. No, it's, it's definitely been a pleasure, and I definitely want to keep in contact and, and see what you're doing. Um, I'm t- definitely familiar with um, this. <clears throat> I'm actually, the funny thing, I'm actually a, a reseller myself. Um, it came with my certification, my coaching certification. Oh. So um, oh. something I started doing. So you just opened up in my mind to some other opportunities. So we're definitely going to talk about oh, that. Yeah. Um, but I'm just proud of you. I can tell you that. Let me tell oh, you, I'm proud of you. you. And, you know, I'm inspired by what you're doing. Um, and so, you know, I, I just support you. And however, I can be of assistance to you by all means. Let me know because um, I would love I would jump. I'm only a couple hours away now. So I would get over <laughs> yeah. there. I would get over there in 2.2 seconds. You know, I just love to learn. I love what you're doing. I'm learning. I've learned from you as training me as well as, you know, just having conversation business wise. So you guys, I told you this was going to be a special show. I don't really bring a a lot of people, get a chance to bring people who've trained me (laughs) and taught me something. So that's a, that's a blessing, but that's how we pay it forward. And I, hopefully you guys were able to take something from this show. You know, we always try to keep it as exclusive as possible. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page backslash starve talk. And you can follow me. I am Jay Halim on all social media platforms and go to at Starve Talk on Instagram and Facebook. You go ahead and follow us, like, subscribe, make sure that you know what's going on. And listen, if you have what, what can you say to my people on the way out, Darlene? Give them a word of encouragement, my entrepreneurs. Yeah, um, you can do it. Um, hold fast your vision and, and help people um, help people realize their goals. And succeed and you'll win listen y'all gotta y'all gotta get, catch that part because a lot of times we go into entrepreneurship at least nowadays thinking about yourself i tell people now entrepreneurship should be and is in my opinion the most selfless thing you can do not selfish thing so if you help on that a million people there's no way you're not a millionaire so if you check you check how many people you've helped and check your receipts and see if you actually help some people. If you only help two, 200 people, that's probably why you got $200. But yep. if you've helped a million people, I promise you, you'll be extremely successful. So think about that this week and check in with us next week when we come back to another episode of Starve Talk. I'm in the studio with Jay Halim. 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 You are now in the studio with Jay Halim. Recording stop.